How do we make and multiply disciples around the block and around the world? With hosts Doug Lucas of Team Expansion, Lee Wood of One Body Church, John Hirima of Big Life, Roger Shull of E3 Partners, and special guests from around the world, we'll explore how believers can come together to make more disciples. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. All right, here with another episode of the More Disciples podcast, where we hope to encourage you guys on disciple-making movements, multiplying disciples. And I actually had, uh, me and my wife had a group from Liberty University over at our house the other day, the other weekend, and they said they really liked the More Disciples podcast, and it really encouraged them on their disciple-making journey. So we hope that you guys will say the same after listening to this episode and all the other episodes we have. So I'm one of the co-hosts, Roger Schull, here with Doug Lucas, another host. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. And we also have Lee Wood and our permanent guest host, Zach Duke, on the podcast today. But they are coming from the Red Barn at Duke Farms in Indianapolis. I think I got that right. And, and our guests are a room full of people. So we've never done this before on the podcast, but we have a room full of people as our guests today. So Lee and Zach, why don't you ex- intro- just say hey and tell us what we're doing today. So we're gathering at the Red Barn and Duke Farm with um, DMM CPM practitioners um, representing the vision of 2414. And 2414 um, is a coalition of disciples and churches and organizations that exist to reach everyone everywhere through movements as co-laborers with sacrificial urgency by 2025. So for me, the target on the wall, everyone knows, is John 17, that the whole world might know. So representing for east to west, north to south, um, are the people that are about that same vision, mission, purchase, uh, purpose of our Lord Jesus representing the North American region, which is one of 32 regions um, represented by 2414. And North America includes the United States and Canada. Go, Zach. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Zach Duke. Uh, thank you for joining us in the Red Barn. It's special for me because this is where I was born and raised. So to have people that are near and dear to me that have laid down their lives with that sacrificial urgency for Jesus uh, is beyond an honor. Like I'm just on cloud nine right now being here with everybody. So thank you all for joining in the Red Barn. Yep. So sort of, uh, Roger, our per- what we're going to try to do on the podcast is to be able to interview leaders from all six regions. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we, we don't have live represented um, our brothers and sisters from Canada, but we do have all of the regions from the United States, um, Southwest, uh, um, Northwest, North Central, South Central, Southeast, and North and Northeast, um, representative of all pursuing, multiplying disciples in churches um, across our nation. So we're going to be able to interview those leaders that are actually practitioners, and we're all doing that in love and unity as followers of Jesus. Awesome. And, and we've had a lot of these leaders in the room on our podcast before as individuals. So now we'll just be able to rotate through all the regions and be able to interview them as whole groups, whole panels. So the whole team of their region. Is that right? As I look around the room, uh, Lee and Zach, I see several people that I know, uh, but I also see several people that I don't yet. And I'm really looking forward to hearing their stories. 
Yep. So we want to say thanks to, this is actually your idea, Doug. So we want to acknowledge that on the <laughs> podcast that, that we're doing. We're way better together because this is a cool model of what it is to dwell together in perfect unity that the world might know. So um, thank you for the, uh, for the wisdom of the idea of doing, doing this podcast. Thank you guys for gathering and uh, Zach for hosting sometime before we end, let's don't forget to thank the tech crew up there on site. Cause this is pretty good. Yeah, the way yes. they're tied. Everybody yeah, they're amazing. Yep. So we, we've got the wizard, Matt Wallace here. He's just really hooked us up and to, to wire this barn, to be able to do this type of audio, uh, was not an easy feat. So big kudos to Matt for making yeah. this work. Give Matt a hand. Yeah. So, so Lee, can you can you just introduce like who do we have? Who's the first group that we're going to be talking to? Okay, so this is um, representative, not entirely of the South um, West region, but Guy and Kelly Kasky, um, who to who are dear friends, um, image bearers from their home, and and probably from a movement perspective. Um, the OG in the United States of actually pursuing this in the United States before anybody else. And then we have um, Joe Hutchison, Kristen, not going to attempt her last name, okay? Funderburg. Funderburg. Kristen Funderburg. <laughs> Sounds like a female wrestler, doesn't it? <laughs> you can then, punch him later. And then we and then we have the infamous, okay, Trey Nine, okay? And um, I can't wait for everybody. We've interviewed Trey on the uh, the, the podcast before, but um, um, it's so cool what God is doing um, among us with one another. So we're have the South. West region represented first. I know the Southwest region as a lot of the people that I worked with when I lived in Houston. So I, I knew them as a Houston team. So I'm just curious, uh, maybe I kick it over to you guys, maybe the Caskies. Cause if I, if I know correctly, you guys are kind of, kind of started leading out the charge on Southwest region. Like how'd you pull this team together? And I know a lot of you guys had influence like across Texas and Oklahoma doing trainings and, and outreaches and different things like that already. And, and so, yeah, I'm just curious, like how'd you got, how you got this team together and how it's been trying to pursue uh, just movement work in that Southwest region. Yeah. Thanks Roger. I mean, as you know, one of the blessings that's happening in Houston is that there's like five different networks or churches or churches working together as well as there's a whole nother multiple streams that's a team of teams going after our city and all of them also have both a here and their strategy and when you talk about the southwest is a pretty big uh, chunk uh, of area and so there's a lot of people that are not represented here actually what us five are really just kind of close our disciples is our team that we're working together very closely and so it, this is not representative of the whole team of the southwest it really is a team of teams wondering what kind of um, what kind of fruit have you guys been able to see and how did you pursue it w what have been your main strategies well as you heard me one of the things is just a team of teams uh, working together to complete rather than to compete and one of the good things that has happened is we see that if we're going to reach cities and nations, the vision is bigger than any one person. It's going to take we, us together, in order to accomplish that. So I would say a big enough vision to think small, which means individual obedience. But when you have a big vision, you say, God, I can't do this, but you can. This is your vision. This is the why, and I want to do my how to be faithful in the little where I am. And so we really start with those basic principles. And then by the grace of God, there's been a lot of things over the years that has brought um, hunger, 
that has brought alignment, the need for change, the need to be creative and nimble and innovative. You know, COVID has helped a lot in that, even among our relationships with legacy churches, realizing we can't continue to do many things the way we used to do them. And so I think all of that together is, is core in what we're doing. That's awesome. I, I know you live there, Roger, so you kind of know what the what the ministries are like there. Can you help us get into the the nuts and bolts of what what we're actually being and doing on site in that southwest region? Yeah. Um, so I, I knew what was going on in Houston. And I, I just agree with what what Guy and and anyone on the panel right here would affirm is that there there was multiplying streams of disciples and churches in Houston. And so I'll, I can vouch for every single person that's, that's sitting here that has experience from the urban uh, hood uh, to the suburbs, to refugee communities, to prisons, multiplying disciples and churches just in Houston. And so obviously, as um, Guy was talking about, just having that micro strategy, like uh, boots on the ground, these guys can do it. You know, everywhere they're going, they're they're sharing the gospel, sharing three circles, sharing some other contextualized gospel presentation. They're really trying to disciple, start churches. And I know um, for them, it, it started to spread outside of that, having influence up to places like Waco, Oklahoma, and whatnot. Um, but I'm just wondering for, for you guys, like, I, I know we had those strategy meetings for Houston. And at first that for me was, was kind of crazy. Cause it went from me just thinking about my ministry and my corner of wherever neighborhood I was in with my team to thinking about a whole city was a big step up, but now it's thinking about a whole region. Like, how do you guys even try to pursue that? Like trying to encourage disciple making and church planning movements across multiple States in the United States. Like, what does that look like for you guys uh, so far? Trey's going to tell you a little bit of how we started working city to city. So part of it is cross-pollinating city to city and how he is connected to several of the cities here and leaders in this room. Yeah, I think it started just with, for me, just being faithful over the, the little bit, you know, just one neighborhood, being faithful over that. And then in turn, having another neighborhood open up, community um, across Houston, and then it just expanded from there. And then another city would hear about the work and see that it's working specifically for me in uh, underserved communities, highly at risk communities, predominantly minority communities. And uh, so whether it was a city that was four hours away or two hours away or an hour away, people wanted to do outreach. They wanted to do field one and field two work. And, um, and then I get in touch with you know the network and begin coming to uh, different gatherings with other practitioners and discover that uh, we can work together and we can share information with one another, best practices with one another, uh, or how to overcome obstacles. Uh, there's people doing stuff that I'm not aware of and, and we're doing stuff they're not aware of and we're able to co-labor together. And so I personally connected with Lee through Guy who has mentored me and through, the, through that connection, got sent over, you know, to Tampa and then over to California with 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 Dory and Brad and Zach. And and what I found is that by by um, by going to these other cities, kind of like the early church did, you know, just leaders uh, working amongst each other, knowing each other, praying for each other. Um, like I said, sharing what's what failures, what successes, um, what works, what doesn't work. What I found is we become more like one church. You know, we obviously, uh, out-the-box church is, is, is kind of what we call our churches in Houston. Um, and we have a network called Out-the-box Church Network. But as a city in Houston, 
we're all meeting together as one church, the, 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 the NPL network in Houston. And then now that we're going to other cities, it just feels more like one body across the United States. And then we have people, of course, that are going to other countries. And just becoming one, I think, is written throughout Scripture. That unity is very important to movement. And I think that's why we see ourselves getting beyond Houston. Um, Guy's been in Africa for a while. I still haven't went there. Um, I'm a, just a long, long uh, airline trip I'm not ready to take. But uh, there's a, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of work to be done in Houston. And I just... Stay. Con- I guess I just stay there, but <laughs> but they're pushing me, stretching me to go out beyond, and I think that uh, that's been encouraging to us, but it's also uh, been encouraging to others to just feel like one body in Christ, uh, rather than hey, here's our numbers and here's what we're doing, and look at the fruit we're getting. Oh, well, how's yours? And then you know, it just feels like we're one and we're all we're all together in this thing. Awesome. Lee, I know yeah, you yeah. are the um, North American, I guess they call it the coordinator for 2414. Um, uh, Trey just mentioned um, NPL, no place left. Uh, could you, Lee, ask the right person or go ahead and say something yourself about the way these networks weave together and collaborate across uh, even networks, let alone cities and people, and the way that's so open-handed, I mean, these networks are not really charging us any kind of dues. There's not like a, a conference fee to come, you know, to your barn today other than, you know, pitching in to help Zach pay the light bill or whatever you're doing. But Lee, kind of help us understand how these, uh, how these networks cross-pollinate with each other like No Place Left and 2414. Yeah, so it's really, I, I think, um, Guy says, the answer to every question that's asked me, I just refer to John 17. So, uh, but it really is the target on the wall where Jesus prays that that we might all dwell together in perfect unity, that the world might know the Father has sent the Son. So it really is that vision of every person, every people, every place that is our Father's heart. And interestingly enough, I get to serve as a leader among equals um, with 2414. And it's interesting to me, I always like, Trey and I were just talking, like to be in the background, sort of lead from the side, or honestly be able to lead from the bottom because the first time we did an interview, um, um, Doug, I I told you that um, the difference between a DJ and a rock star, and um, DJs want everybody to dance. So I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk according to truth. So the way that I sort of got thrown into the pool to lead um, as a leader among equals was by the leader of the No Place Left Army Network that's here, who is Jim McKnight, who I have mad respect for, and he's the leader of a region that um, I'm actually in. So he's leading me in the um, south in the south um, east, and um, fortunately for me. Um, um, last year, 13 months ago, um, Jim said, well, this is the same stuff we always hear. I think we need a leader. Um, Lee seems like everybody's connected because of Lee. Um, I vote for Lee. And then to my surprise, all these people that knew me actually thought that was a good idea. <laughs> and, um, so I always questioned their sanity. And, um, but, um, Jim jumped into the pool after me. So I love my brother. Like what makes this all work is the same thing that worked with the guy that poured into me, Curtis Sargent. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. 
And so love multiplies and love is multiplying um, as disciples and churches across this region by the grace of God. I have one other question and it's for um, Kristen um, and and Kelly representing the um, the southwest um, southwest region is I would like for them to talk maybe to be able to share sort of like Ty's story and the way that that has cross pollinated to Tampa and beyond as a model of that because Jesus chooses the least, the lost, the last, and uses absolutely broken sticks to hit uh, uh, um, straight licks. So he's doing that with all of us, but she has an amazing story, and I believe to a large degree, Kristen, that you've mentored slash discipled Ty. So if you could share um, that story and how you feel about that, that'd be great. I met Ty a couple years ago, and she was originally connected to uh, Trey and uh, their their ministry. And so that's how we met, but we just had a, a friendship that quickly flourished and bloomed. And um, and so I, she was actually an answer to prayer in my life personally, uh, just as a friend and as, as my best friend. And so it's been great to journey alongside of her. So um, she has a story that for, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact years now, 14 years or so ago, she gave her life, um, rededicated her life to Christ. But when she was young, her parents divorced and um, her stepdad that, that ended up coming into the picture was um, a police officer, but he was a, a crooked police officer. So she got just a picture early, early on of how this man that was supposed to represent safety and security inside her home was not. And, um, and so it kind of sent her on a path of, um, I mean, it wasn't all his fault, right? <laughs> but sent her on a path of, of going into the streets, getting into drugs. She was incarcerated like 16 times. Um, and so dealt with homelessness and all these different things, but then God radically changed her life. And um, she's a totally different person now. You would never think that whenever you see her and engage with her now. And so 10 years ago, he gave her a vision to um, reach women who are incarcerated with uh, fitness because that was one of the things that he used in her life to kind of bring her back. Besides him saving her, it was fitness, and that is really what saved um, saved her physically and those kind of things. And so she wanted to take that in to other women who were incarcerated. But then that, that kind of took a back seat and was put in the back burner in her life until a year ago, not even quite a year ago. Um, we were at a, a retreat, a leadership retreat, and... Kelly, the you had asked a question. I don't remember what the question is that you asked, but it was something about dreams. If you had a if you had a dream that you could pursue, what would that be? And so Ty shared this this dream that had recently been stirred again in her mind about um, Misfits Ministries. And um, Ty says, when as soon as Guy said, "Let's go," you know that that sounded great. Uh, that gave just the fuel that she needed to have the the support to then launch Misfits Ministries. And it's not just uh, prisons, because right now, because of COVID, we haven't been able to really get into prisons. And so she's in sober living homes, transition homes, um, trying to to help women running a, a one-hour fitness program that uh, addresses body, mind, and spirit. She's trying to incorporate discipleship into that, and she's been writing a curriculum, and um, it's been great to see how God has given her creative ideas and just ways to incorporate 
um, discipleship and principles and tools into these workouts. And um, it's been really exciting to, to see how much she's flourished in such a short amount of time. I believe she's in seven homes now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That, that is so, so encouraging. And we're just so pumped that you guys out in the Southwest region are joining us. So just to close this time, um, tell us a little bit how, how many states are part of your region and if there's other teams, streams, churches, networks that want to get in touch with you to be family, to be one body together, uh, how, how could they do that? Yeah, if you want to get in contact through the 2414 website, uh, you can put your contact information and that stuff will end up on our desk and we'll gladly reach out to you and through the database be able to connect you with labors in your area. And so you don't have to try to figure this out on your own. There are people out there who are pursuing movement, are pursuing the kingdom of God, and we would love to be able to connect you uh, with other people that are closer to you than maybe Houston, Texas is. Um, and so we'll gladly have uh, phone conversations and shoot emails back and forth, but I think it's better when you get brothers and sisters that are close within proximity Amen. to you. And we'd love to be able to make those connections. Amen. Amen. One of the things that I think we should just bring up, especially since Kelly's here, is the collaboration we've had with a church like Woods Edge, which God has been placing people in the missions department who are about movements and multiplication. And so maybe maybe if Kelly would describe a little bit about how God is moving with us as simple organic movements that are reproducing disciples with, you know, even churches that are you know, pre-existing or legacy churches. Uh, I think that'd be cool to be able be to great. Yeah, so this is not something I could have ever thought of on my own. It's not something that I could have ever even really had a vision for. But there's a part, in Houston, there's an area in North Houston called Greens Point, which is where I actually grew up. And it's a fairly rough area now, and, and even was when I was younger. And so, and actually Trey also grew up kind of in that area, not exactly in Greens Point, but the north side. And so there was um, a business that actually gave Woods Edge an entire ninth floor of a building and part of an eighth floor. And all we had to do was pay the insurance for the year. So we started thinking about, we were learning a lot about hubs and how we can have hubs in different parts of the city where people could work together. Almost, I've heard some of you call it and refer to it as kind of co-working spaces. And so if you think of it like that, it's kind of a co-working space, but it's a lot more than that. We have multiple ministries there, and we have selected hand-picked ministries who all are about making disciples, seeing church planting, DMM. And so each of those ministries are now in this facility, and they are co-laboring together. They're working together. And guys, it's, it's not just in the ministry. It's actually even in the learning how to organize how we're going to share a room. I know it sounds silly, but when you are learning to be a real disciple, it's it's about everything. Like, how are we going to learn to use the space together? And so they're learning how to use the space together, how things that Trey is doing, others are learning from. Other, we're, we're also, it's a really cool story how we work with a group called Seven More that meets the incarcerated once they're released, as soon as they're released. They had a guy who was in Christ but had been in prison for 30 years. He had no one. And so we were able to call Trey. Trey was able to get him hooked up with someone who could disciple him and really spend time with him. They helped him with everything that he needed, and they're still meeting with him. And so these are just ways that these ministries 
that are orgs, but they are about discipleship. They are working together to see us reach the city. And in addition to this, from this Greenspoint area, we have three apartment complexes that are within walking distance of the building. And so Trades Group, along with partnership with Woods Edge and a number of other organizations, are going out as we speak. This, what day is this, Friday? So it's tomorrow to do something called Push 72, where they're going to be sharing the gospel within all three of these apartment complexes. And so it's a, it's a together vision, nothing we could have dreamed up, but these people are working together to see to see the kingdom and see um, Houston reach with the gospel. We're going to talk a little bit about this while we're here. This is like a kingdom ecosystem where you have CPM, DMM, legacy, community transformation, organizations all coming together to complete the vision of the transformation of a community from the very detail, from the micro to the macro, working together in an environment that causes kingdom to flourish and helps disciples and churches move even at, a, I think, a greater pace towards health. You know, that's so awesome because we can see in that the, the leadership of Wood's Edge looking beyond uh, what would be typically considered by a megachurch to be its own borders, its own walls. So they're kind of willing to think beyond themselves and not be, I guess you could call it controlling of their own interests, but instead be completely open-handed. And it's a beautiful metaphor, isn't it? The way that, that the, the church that has existed before us is now, uh, opening its walls and expanding its, its, uh, influence by forming these alliances with all these different groups that you're describing. It really is beautiful. Awesome. Well, Southwest region, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank we you, love guys. you guys. All right. So now we've got the Southeast region with us. So representing the Southeast, we've got Jim and Rolinda McKnight, Amanda Dinan, and Stacy and Lee Wood. Welcome, guys. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So, yeah, we have Lee on the panel now. So no longer a host. So we get to ask him questions. So uh, as well, <laughs> along with uh, the McKnight's and Amanda here. And, uh, we've all been waiting for. I love it. Yes. Roger. For, those, for those who are listening, we need to tell the, our listeners that the video portion just cut to an empty chair of where Lee had been sitting. So that's really good. <laughs> Go ahead, Roger. Yeah. The rapture yeah. has occurred. <laughs> the rest of your left. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you haven't watched the More Disciples YouTube for all of our listeners, get on the YouTube. This is definitely one to, to watch and not just listen to. But yeah, I'm excited about Southeast region because I live in the Southeast region. So I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. And at, at one point I was, I was helping out with leadership in the 2414 Southeast region, but just kind of praying about life situation, kind of overextended myself. So I took a step back there, but still super excited about what God's doing in the Southeast region. And so Southeast region, I believe is Virginia through Florida on the East coast. And then it extends over to Mississippi, Louisiana. Is that right? Mississippi. Okay. And somehow Mississippi. we didn't get Tennessee, although I'm trying to get it, but we'll see what I can do. Got to talk. Yeah. Well, well it's uh, yeah. You have to claim it from another region. You guys can do like a draft while you're there or something for, for States. <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering, maybe Jim, maybe you could start us off by by telling us what is going on in the Southeast region. Like, maybe you could tell us what God's doing, and even how uh, you guys have started to try to just collaborate amongst the entire Southeast region. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm the guy that uh, threw Lee in the pool 13 months ago, uh, and then he asked me to jump in with him, and I, I was glad to do it. And I think in the last 13 months, we have been really just trying to focus on connect and starting to communicate. There's a lot of uh, different ministries doing things in the Southeast region. Um, Rolinda and I, our, our home is in Columbus, Georgia, which is not 
one of the largest cities in the Southeast region, but we've primarily focused on military folks. And uh, those folks move and they move around the country and we've tried to follow them up depending on where they've gone. And then we've also just connected with awesome people like uh, Amanda and we're still connecting and communicating to connect with stuff that's work that's happening in Tampa, Jacksonville and other places like that. So pretty excited and uh, a, lot, a long way to go to reach a, a region. What strikes me about these regions connecting is that they happen a lot through relationships. It's not been really a, an organizational thing. And I guess, uh, Amanda, you are one of those folks that you're just very relational in, in your ability to, to share with people. Can you describe what this is like for you, meeting all these new people and discovering that all these new people are trying to do exactly what you're doing, except in different places? What is this like for you? Um, I, I think I would describe it as it's a lot of fun. I really, it's just, it's just the joy of, um, you know, they're okay with spontaneity, which I really like. So, you know, I know, I know we have, you know, uh, formulas or whatever that we follow, but I love the spontaneous, you know, uh, you, there's no micromanaging. I think that, I think that's what I'm trying to say. There's no like, you know, like a thumb on you, like, Oh, what are you doing? How much fruit? What's, what's going on? There's none of that. There really is an open-handedness to relationships, so um, so you can really kind of feel the spirit that's in you and kind of just flow with that. So. Yeah. Zach, this must be exciting to you to kind of host this. Um, how do you, Zach, being that you're like in Indiana, how do you relate to all these folks? Can you share, maybe ask any one of them the way you've cross-pollinated with their work? Yeah, absolutely. So what's been fun is I've done it with with both of these streams, both with MPL Army and with One Body in Tampa. And and I guess the word that comes to my mind when I even think about that is just the word joy. You know, I like there's people in this room representing both of those streams that you'll get to um, uh, hear from later. But just getting to know people that are like minded that have laid down their lives for Jesus, their their teams have different names, just like my last name, Duke, and their last name is McKnight. Praise the Lord that we have different names and different families. We want those families to be so healthy. But wouldn't it be better if we knew one another and the Dukes and the McKnights and like one body and MPL Army also knew each other just like families and worked together? Yeah, so that's that's really what it's been like is as we've gone and spent time with one another, the Lord has enlarged our hearts for one another. And then when our hearts are enlarged for one another, we actually start working together, as Guy Kasky said earlier, to complete the task, not com to compete for it. And, and so that, that'd be like on that dovetail throw to open table here is what does it look like to complete the task together and not compete? Because that's hard to do, like to, to cross pollinate streams where there could be trust issues or tensions. How have you guys helped break down the barrier of, hey, let's work together for the greater kingdom vision? Yeah, Zach, that's a great question. And uh, I think we're still figuring out how to do that. If, if anybody's got the answer on how to break down some of the barriers and, and build more trust, we're here to learn that from you. So maybe maybe that cross-pollinization is going to happen that way. I think what's helped is um, focus on the things that all disciples of Jesus Christ can agree on. And so we talk about love. We talk about unity. Um, and we and we talk about a shared mission. We have a shared Bible. We have a shared Holy Spirit, and um, we've not received the Spirit of the world, um, but the Spirit is from God. Uh, and so, that unity, I think, is what we start with building around those things. In terms of practically on the ground, how it's going, 
Uh, there's about 650 counties in the Southeast region, and we have people that have signed up to be county coordinators uh, for about 60 of those. So there's a long way to go. Uh, and actually, actually 60 are represented, but there's, we let people sign up for up to three counties. So there's probably not even that many. So there's a lot of people out there. And if you're one of them watching this video that uh, wants to be a county coordinator, and that means as we throw off connections to you, you just follow them up. That's really what we're looking for you to do. Uh, and if you're willing to do that, man, we're looking for more people that want to connect uh, and then communicate and ultimately collaborate. Yeah, that is great. I think just to add a little bit more to that, for those that are, whatever county you're in, Amanda put it perfectly too. Like we're not, it's not people putting their thumb down on you. It's essentially saying, hey, I'm here. I live in this county. If you know anybody that's around my area, we'll send them to you. That's, that's it. It just, it's helping steward those relationships uh, more efficiently for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Yeah, I think 2414, one of the things that's really blessed us with is it's, there's national level uh, ways that people are reaching out. And when they do, they look for a place to connect locally. And so the, the 2414 Lee North America team, they've done a great job at, at throwing off connections through different means. Uh, and we pass those along. So if you're looking for people in your local area that want to get into living with you uh, and do church and walk with one another as we walk with Jesus, uh, that's a great way to find them. Yeah. So, um, Zach, um, one thing I want to contribute to when, when I look at where we're at in Tampa and where we're talking about breaking down those boundaries, um, what we have done is tried to, to connect and collaborate with our local churches. And when Lee had a vision from the Lord about starting, uh, we use the word homeschool, even though it's not technically homeschool, but we wanted to reach some um, children in the neighborhood and help them with their educational needs. We actually found a local church that we partnered with who allow us to use their building. Their Sunday school class is basically turned into um, a schoolroom on Monday through Friday. And then a little bit later, they allowed us to take over a garage space, which we converted into a gym. So we actually have a fit, faith and fitness that goes on on Saturday mornings. And then most recently, Trey Nine, who was up here earlier from the Southwest region, came to town a couple of weekends ago, and we partnered with a local church called um, Crossover. So what we've done is partnered with the local churches because I think it's been stated before, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't work as a solo. We have to be a part of a team. So by connecting with those local community churches, we are able to um, provide um, education. We're able to provide um, concerts. We're able to provide free food for the people that live in our underprivileged communities. So that's one of the practical ways um, that we have been able to break down some of those boundaries um, in sharing the, the light and the hope of Jesus with our communities. You know, I think you, I think you just stated the theme of this podcast episode that we, we all need each other. And when I think about uh, what I've learned from even the people on, on this panel right here, like from the McKnight's and the No Place Left Army Network, having a very clear uh, leadership development pathway, that's something I didn't have for a long time. And it encouraged me to be like, okay, I got to figure that out because that's clearly an obstacle that I have in place. And something that's still an obstacle is actually uh, what you guys at One Body in, in uh, Tampa were talking about, um, just uh, community transformation, I feel like is still... Uh, an obstacle that I'm learning and learning from afar from you guys and even trying to think about how to do that in some of the communities uh, that we're in. Um, so, uh, you know, I was actually wondering, though, uh, because, Lee, you're like, you like were said to be the North America director, 
but you're in the Southeast region and actually Jim's leading, you know, the, the Southeast Jim and Rolinda are leading that Southeast region. How, just how is that for you to be, you know, move from the position of like, well, I'm, I'm like the North American leader, but then also like submitting to the, you know, the McKnight's leadership in the Southeast. Like, how's that been for you on that? Well, you said it, it's like, we need one another. And I am, there's so much that I've learned from, um, Jim and Rolinda and their kids. And to me, it all starts, um, at micro. So, um, I see them as image bearers and their leadership and we're sharpened um, because of them. And nobody's over anybody in the kingdom. Jesus is our King and we're all brothers and sisters and leadership is serving. So the lower that we get, um, it's an upside down org chart, the person that's greatest of all. So we want to decrease so that Jesus increases. And I'm grateful to be able to, it's like football, go lower. Like we just need to keep going lower. Low man wins in football and low man wins in the kingdom too. So um, I've learned so much um, from Jim and Rolinda and their leadership and across No Place Left Army. And that looks like house to house to me. It looks like from, from Columbus to Tampa. And that's relational. It's like Romans 16. It's like relational, not organizational. And Jesus gives the increase. You sound like you're describing those ducklings, Lee. Uh, sometimes, you know, you're following the mother duck in front of you and other times you're turning around and leading the duck right behind you. And then suddenly you're following a little duckling in front of you. And really, we're all just sometimes trading places. Uh, this past Sunday, I see a week ago, Sunday night, I met a gentleman that came to the meal we're doing in a in a city area here in Louisville uh, with filled with urban and inner city folks and folks from uh, dozens and dozens of different countries. And I sat down and talked with him for the first hour, discovered he was homeless, asked him if I could go with him to the little red car where he was sleeping. The car no longer runs as he's replaced the plexiglass window from where one of his friends uh, beat it with a baseball bat. And he'd been sleeping in this car for the last year. And what struck me was this guy came seeking a meal, but what he found was a greater community. Uh, so I took Tim, it was his name. I took him over to the point person for this fellowship that we're trying to launch. And I said, Hey, let's pray for Tim that we can find him a place to live. And so Matt, uh, indeed prayed with me about that. I went to that little red car and there beside that little red car with him, I kind of drew in the air, the three circles life conversation. And right there beside his little red car, Tim said, man, I want to follow Jesus. I want to figure this out. I got to sort my life out. And I'm happy to tell you that everybody's pitched in, in this, in this group that we're in. And yesterday, Tim got his own apartment. He was able to get into a place. And next Wednesday night, he's coming to our three-thirds group. And I wondered if you would all pray with me that Tim, in this three-thirds group study that we're going to do on baptism, that he would decide to throw his hat in the ring for good and to, to follow after Jesus. So far, so good. You know, just one step at a time. Amanda, you've done that kind of thing for us. And you model that for us. You've You've just loved people. And 
in, in this discussion we've had so far, we've talked a lot about like leadership lines and, and big picture stuff. Amanda, would you just take one moment and tell a brief story about a person that you've interacted with and, and how that becomes, in a sense, a, a conduit for the gospel to flow. Can you share a story like that, Amanda? Uh, we, we give out food. We have a food outreach on uh, Tuesdays, and uh, we alternate. We give out clothing, too. So we've been doing that for a long time, and uh, probably for the last, you know, six years, I think, we've been doing that. And, um, but, and we show up, you know, at a certain time on Tuesdays, and I think one of the things I'm learning is that, you know, God is, he's so faithful with whatever time you put, whatever time you invest in, you know, a relationship building, he's so faithful, whether you fall short or not. So everyone in the community knows we meet Tuesday at this time. Sometimes a lot of people show, sometimes no one shows. And this one particular time, you know, I was feeling kind of discouraged and no one showed up to get food. And I was just wondering, wow, God, what, what is the plan? Like what? I'm starting to question what we're doing. And uh, the lady walks over from Oak Chase Apartments right across from the field and uh, she brings a neighbor. And her neighbor is a blind neighbor who needed food. And so you have, it's all we talk about is love God and love your neighbor. And here's this lady coming over, bringing her blind neighbor to come get food. That just pierced my heart. That's just like, that's God speaking right there. So it just, you know, encourages you to, you know, keep going because he hasn't stopped. He won't stop. So I think that kind of, and I see them often now, the same uh, neighbor, you know, coming to the outreach. So I think it's like those kinds of relationship building there, it just opens your eyes to see when, when you want to give up, you know, God is not, he's not giving up. So. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Praise well, the Lord. Well, if there's any, if there's any more burning thoughts or things you want to say, feel free to just go ahead and say, otherwise, just like we said in the last region, if you want to connect, want to connect with, this crew, uh, with this crew, if you're in Virginia, uh, you're down, in to Virginia down to uh, Florida, please go to the 2414 uh, website. Uh, when you do your contact on there, it'll it'll go to this team. They would gladly just begin building relationship with you and, and co-laboring with you in the work that you're already doing. Uh, but, but, but thank you, Southeast region. Anything else that you want to share? One burning comment here. Lee always talks about going from micro to macro and it starts in our home. And I'm wondering if I can get my wife to comment on having people live in our home and how it starts in our home. Yeah, I love it to have people in our house and just to minister to them and yeah, and have our kids there to see that and witness that too. It's awesome because you learn about it at school. Uh, the kids do um, different cultures, but we actually get to experience them in our home sometimes having different people from different backgrounds and things like that. They learn how to serve. It's honestly really good character development for them as well, just to learn how to think of other people and I love having uh, people, and I look around this room and just see all of the people that we've had in our home uh, one time or another, and it just brings me so much joy. So, yeah, it, I couldn't see doing anything else. It's great. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, guys, thank you Thanks, so babe. much for your time. You, love y'all. All right, guys, our next region is the um, South Central region, and we have from that region, representing that region, Eric Derry. Megan and Zach Duke, 
my buddy Chad Renberg, who uh, probably he and I are the most alike so far as gifting, and Cindy, who is also um, from Bargersville, Indiana, or the region of the Duke Farm and family. So love these guys, and these guys represent the South Central region. All right. Awesome. Well, I, I am excited to hear. I actually always hear rumblings out of the South Central region generally about God doing work up there, but I've had less uh, direct conversation than I would like with uh, what's going on. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, What is exciting you about what God's doing in your region right now? Like, what have you guys been seeing him do? Well, first of all, I wanted to say, too, that Doug uh, Lucas is also in this region. So, yes. uh, though he's not sitting at the table, he he is. I mean, he's right. Just look on the other side of the screen there. You can see him. Anyway, um, it's great to have him, too. Um, one of the things uh, that sticks out to me right off the bat is that already we've had six out of the nine uh, states in our region uh We've been able to identify the Lord's made aware, and, and uh, we're already meeting together, the state coordinators of uh, six different states. So we're excited. Well, really seven. Seven states are represented when we have that meeting. Uh, I'd say one thing to add that that is really exciting to me right now is we've all been laboring respectively in our own cities, own areas for like the last uh, six to 20 or more years, right? Uh, but what's exciting is one thing we've been praying is that the Lord would connect us to more like-minded people in our states and region, because uh, we just have to believe that those people are already there. We just don't know them yet. And as we've been praying, we've been finding more of these people in different cities. Even last week, I had a guy reach out to us through a mutual connection. And it turns out he's already been doing DMM CPM work for like the last five, six years, and we just didn't know each other. And so one of the blessings in trying to build relationships and connect and collaborate with others is as we pray for that, God actually leads us to those people. It's awesome. awesome. You know, um, what strikes me about the the region that you're in is that it's a very historically churched region. And that's probably got its pluses and also its minuses because you've got all these existing churches that are some, some of them giant and huge. I know, Chad, you were in one of those big churches and you made the decision to move kind of to a place that was like a desert of uh, churches. It was this inner city urban area. Uh, Can you say something about what that's like to step away from that existing church environment and move into, I guess, in a sense, a kind of pioneering role uh, because you're surrounded by people that are not like you and you're having to kind of adapt to them and then help where you originated also to figure them out. That's bound to be like a topsy-turvy, chaotic mess. We're never bored. (laughs) We have a lot of crazy things going on all the time, Uh, but it is super fun in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I had a privilege of being one of the youth pastors at Southeast Christian Church, and um, God just wrecked my heart for the city. And so we moved in, and... God's been doing some incredible things there. There's way more good people than bad in the West End. It's just the bad people are better at getting on the news. The West End has a reputation in our city of, you know, don't go past 9th Street. And if you do, make sure you lock your doors. And whatever you do, don't go there after dark. And uh, we've been there after dark um, every night for the last 15 years. And it's a pretty fantastic place. And um, 
one thing that's really cool about this 2414 network is being able to go and learn from the folks down in Tampa and see what God's doing there. And Lee came into our city and did some training for us and community transformation. And that was absolutely fantastic. And, and I've been getting to know Trey, um, this, at, at this retreat, and it's just been really cool being relational before it's organizational. Amen. And I would love uh, Cindy awesome. just to share for a second as well. Uh, she is not new to Jesus. She's been following Jesus uh, for a long time, most of her life. But she's newer to joining and jumping in the pool with DMMCPM. So, Cindy, what's that transition been like for you from what you've known to being with uh, the crazy folks and mess that we are? Well, I've been part of a mess for a long time, but it just looked different. <laughs> it's a different mess. Um, it has been the word transformational would be one I would describe um, it as for this past just one year, actually. So very new to this, but have never not known Jesus. He was one of my first words, and I've loved Amen. him and cherished him. Um, but the broadening of my life in the last year, the passion and joy that has come out of Jesus showing me the freedom beyond the four walls of church as I knew it um, and rising up to create that fire for, oh, I'm supposed to obey all of scripture. Um, you know, my entire life was spiritual gifting analysis. And well, I have these giftings and I stay within these giftings and I was missing out because I wasn't obeying all of it. And I wasn't, I was leaving the obedience of evangelism and sharing the gospel to those who were gifted because that's what I was taught. And I really never, um, I did probably just didn't listen to the Lord and showing me now that it is for all. And it is, it is our joy and our desire to, we all get to do that. We all get to, uh, proclaim Christ and show Christ and and then we are also called to do it intentionally instead of sitting back for 51 years waiting for somebody to see the light of Jesus in me and ask me about it and then maybe I would say something now it's me <laughs> embarrassing my husband and asking a waiter or waitress, hey, do you know Jesus, by the way? And he's like, oh, no, here she goes. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, this is all new to him as well because it's the intentionality is what brings that the Holy Spirit is not quenched anymore. The Holy Spirit is, is allowed to do in what he was designed to do, and that's bring his fire and his glory um, to his name. And it, I think Amanda said it, it's simply fun. Um, and I love being a part of it. I am, I am about fired up just from hearing her. Okay. I'm about ready to levitate off the couch. Like everybody gets to obey Jesus and do all the stuff. Everybody, all of us. <laughs> Isn't that like, that's so simple, but how great is that? Praise the Lord. I got a question for Megan. Um, I, if you guys have noticed, it's um, I talk about image bearers and micro to macro and things like that a lot. And um, because I think God basically wants it to look like it was at the beginning before the fall that we're redeemed because of Jesus and to be like um, spiritual families with one another. So again, I think uh, Megan and Zach and their four kids are a great model of that. And I think we certainly have to have 
um, younger people, not dinosaurs like Doug and I on the call, okay, as the host. They need to look more like Roger and his new bride from their home and Megan and Zach. So, Megan, would you talk about what that looks like from your household in Bargersville, Indiana, with your um, gifting, with your husband, Zach, as um, co-laborers, as one as leadership of that from your household. Can you talk about that uh, from your perspective? Because I think there's value and it's going to encourage a lot of people. Yeah, well, Zach and I, we're, we're a team. And so it's just a joy and a privilege to be able to co-labor together in our unique giftings, but still on mission towards the same thing, um, which is wanting to well, starting within our home, model what it looks like to love Jesus with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love, you know, our neighbors and those God puts in our path um, as ourselves, and then to make disciples. And our number one disciples are our children, um, so in our home. And one thing that Zach has always encouraged me is when he's going on trips and he's doing different trainings is um, that it's the same there as it is here in our home for me. Um, and so anyways, what that looks like is, uh, just cultivating a culture of worship in our home, filling our home with, with worship. Um, you know, really seeing our children as those image bearers with the potential to be able to obey Jesus and love him and make disciples. Um, and, it's just been absolutely amazing to see them, their hearts set on fire for their friends, for the kids in our neighborhood, for the kids in their school, um, and empowering them to also go. That's awesome, man. I wish we could hear more of your music too. I, we're going to have to put in the, in the link somewhere at the bottom where people can hear you sing because, uh, that's something that brings us all together too. But Eric, I was hoping to get a question into you about how the Zume dispatching of coaches has sometimes interacted and intermeshed with these North American networks of 2414 and uh, NPL and such, uh, because you are, I think, aren't you the dispatcher of coaching connections for Zume, the the online training uh, network about uh, disciple-making movement practices? Yeah, there's two of us that are doing that dispatching, uh, even globally, but also within the U.S. But uh, we have over 170 active coaches that are, you know, a lot of them are very involved with the 2414, but also just across uh, nations and states. Uh, so the tool itself of Zume is just the module one training online, and it's available in 40 languages now. And those are those are mostly the 40 most spoken languages of the U.S. So, you know, people in the U.S., but they also represent in the world four point plus billion people so that have access to that. So, yeah, uh, we just... We just it's just, it's just a way to serve the body of Christ, you know, across any region. It's not just south, you know, south central. It's anywhere. So it's just a, a come alongside and it's free. And, and then there's like we try to maul, you know, so we're mauling all the time inside of the Zoom A tool uh, on the coaching level. And then also the trainers. One of the best ways is just 
you know, to offer a training and, and then see who shows up. And it's amazing. Uh, God brings people from all over the world into just a small training. You might only have five people, but you might have five continents represented in that one training and uh, or five states or both, you know, at the same time. You might have 10 people with five continents and five states. So um, it, it's really cool uh, just to see how God is using that because people are coming out on the other end, starting trainings and multiplying those trainings and seeing group start and and then we just plug those into the the regional uh, you know co- collaborations around the world so it's fun it, I, it's, I mean why not let's just use this tool it's crazy one of those languages happens to be ASL now so in Tampa we're actually meeting with deaf leaders both nationally and globally and doing a Zoom cohort over the next 14 weeks. But w- the people that were involved, some of those leaders were involved with the ASL um, portion of Zoom A. So this cross-pollination of people and tools that we're using for the purpose of reaching everyone everywhere. And that's not relation. It is relational, not organizational. But the next one of these meetings that we do to encourage everyone here and everyone listening and and watching on YouTube, we're going to have deaf leadership here as a part of that, because we are going to be inclusive of, of every tribe, nation, language, and tongue. And so deaf leadership being represented as part of our 24 14 coalition because if we stacked up all the unreached unengaged people groups together okay the deaf would make up over 20 percent of that globally and certainly um, they are just like no one's over anyone else we have much to learn from the deaf but i'm really happy to be able to have tools like zoom a which is inclusive of the deaf right and we need um, the deaf just like we need one another here crossing over geography and working on that the deaf are a part of that and i'm so happy um, that i think that we're sort of the point of the spear of that to be doing that through movement through multiplicative patterns and principles with one another in obedience to jesus and lee if i could add to something that that you talk about all the time and just as you know my friend, coach, mentor as well, is the CCC, right? Connecting, communicating, collaborating. And something that that Jim was talking about earlier, and and Guy as well, like the working together, the not competing, but the completing, um, we still have a long way to go. We have a lot to learn. We We have no silver bullet. But I will say one thing that I have learned that can help break down these barriers even just a little bit is is understanding that unity, like we're all united, does not mean complete agreement. You know, what what are we uni- united towards? John 17, 23. We're united so that the world will know that Jesus, um, you know, that God sent Jesus into the world, that he is the Savior. Um, but part of 2414, we have different tools. We have different practices. We have different leadership development pathways. They are different. So we're not in quote-unquote agreement with how exactly we would execute this, but we're in agreement on the essence. Amen. We're in agreement on the principles. We're in agreement on the Holy Spirit, on the Scripture. So I think one way that we can ease the tension 
and the distrust among one another, among legacy churches, autonomous house church networks from city to city, home to home, is by saying, hey, we don't need to be agreed on all the ways in which we apply these tools or even the tools which we use, but can we be agreed that we want to see Jesus and fourth-generation disciple-makers in every county? Can we be agreed that we want to know one another so that we can do this work faster? Can we be agreed that lostness is a big issue and we want to see the kingdom reach and advance into darkness? We can be agreed on that, and there's unity in the harvest. So I just think that's something, as we work towards this, that we should want to work towards doing this together in unity, even though that's That's not always complete agreement. That's fantastic. I think that's a great way for us to end with the South um, Central region. So way to go, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. So that actually concludes three of the regions of 2414. It was already an hour long. So we have three more regions to go. It'll be in part two of this podcast. So I think it's the first time we're going to have a part one and a part two of a podcast. So be sure to check the episode next week if you want to hear the conclusion of uh, this podcast on the 2414 regions, being able to get an update from each one. It's like a cl- like, it's like a cliffhanger in your favorite series on Netflix or something, right, Roger? That's right. That's right. Which actually, you know, we just talked about the most church regions, which there's still a lot to do, but we're going to move on to some of the least church regions of the uh, North American uh, region. So that's a big, big cliffhanger. How are you making more disciples? What problems have you encountered? What successes have you celebrated? What questions do you have? Share your stories with us by visiting moredisciples.com slash contact. If you're looking for next steps on growing your ability to make and multiply disciples, visit moredisciples.com to find resources, tools, and events all designed to help you make more disciples.